Hello and welcome to the Landman Pivot Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Fairbanks. I've been an independent contractor landman for 15 years, and I'm an RPL, Registered Professional Landman, with the American Association of Patrol and Land. The oil and gas industry is in a lot of turmoil right now. There's a lot of controversy about being in energy. Mergers and acquisitions are happening all the time, and that can cause a lot of uncertainty for land professionals, whether you're an employee or an independent contractor. Here on the podcast, we'll focus on the things that you can control, your skill set, mindset, and preparation to pivot. So what does a career pivot mean to you? It could mean taking on a new and different role. It could also mean transitioning out of the industry. You're in the right place. This is the right time to develop your skills and prepare for your next pivot. So let's dive in with today's guest. Today we've got Kimberly Smith. Kimberly's a land manager, has been in the industry for a good, how many years, Kim? Uh, 13. 13 years and had a variety of experiences in the industry. So excited today to talk to Kimberly about some of those experiences and transitions that she's been through, hopefully provide some information that helps the rest of you with the transitions you face. So Kimberly, tell us a little bit about how you got into the land business. I lived in Midland, Texas, and my neighbor was rounding up uh, land managers. Uh, There's so much boom and bust, and there was just a time that they could not find enough people in the Permian Basin to run title and to to run records. So we were all different people recruited and mentored. I have incredible mentors who walked me through it that were seasoned Permian land managers. Very cool. That's always an an important piece of the puzzle, right, is having good mentors to guide you along as you learn new skills. Tell us a little about your, your first project then, was it? abstracting or how how involved did that get for you my first project was uh, of course breaking down minerals and then I was always more visual and I made my stuff out in excel charts and diagramming uh chart diagramming the family and so it was leasing in Ward County Texas you would have which is Monahan's you would have two companies playing against each other and all the landmen in the courthouse, you know, wondering if we were <laughs> leasing against the same section. Uh, Cimarex and somebody else was fighting very, and Anadarko were fighting very much for the acreage in Monahan's Texas, which is the Sand Hills. And so uh, all over 50 counties at one time needed land managers, which is still today the one of the most prolific oil fields in the world. And uh we work in deep title all over uh, New Mexico, meets and bounds, as well as township and block. So, very cool. So, besides running the title, uh, what other skills did you need to learn? We had like so many. We have so many. I, of course, I went to AAPL and PBLA is so strong and still has an impact in the national leadership. A former president, Pam Feist, Mike Curry, they're on the board from the Permian, Danny Kidwell, Ray McKim. There's just like every person out there is just so strong. And um, I learned at all of those workshops. We have a three day holiday. I don't know if anybody else does it, but it will be a shrimp boil, a golf tournament, 
it's your class at the Petroleum Club in Midland. And so you'd be there eight hours, you know, learning with your colleagues, with different speakers. And then it would be the shrimp boil that night at the bar and then golf tournament the next day. So it was like a little holiday that you took out and you would just uh, interact with your colleagues, which was so important because when you're deal making, it's just so critical. But I also worked in surface and worked with uh, five counties in an acquisition with Lynn Energy, worked with two, two or three attorneys in Houston, the engineers, the production crew. So it was a very rich, vital year because I was able to do surface damages and work, you know, with the measurements, the electric, poly lines, the all of that in multiple counties uh, with the production team. So, and surveyors. And I think that's what makes us so rich and amazing is that we've worked with so many different sets of disciplines and people. And then at that point it was like, wait, I'm, I'm really good at this because I'm keeping all of these people on track and um, mm -hmm. downloading the GPS coordinates into their little garments before we had all of our phones. So our skills are so amazing. Yeah, it sounds like networking has played a big part in your career journey. You know, the individuals that you get to interact with and just learning how to do business with, but also socialize and connect with these wonderful people that have been involved in the projects that you've had the opportunity to participate in. Very much so. Very cool. In your career as a land manager, what's kind of one of your biggest accomplishments? One of the biggest accomplishments was working through four estates and each one of them in the 30 to $40 million level of the in-house estates, one owned by a trust on the Upper East Coast and the ability to just, I think we have so many skills, we can adapt them and, and working with the working interest and seeing who owns which wells. And sometimes things are happening so fast there's just so much and you've got to come back, get all the files together, identify people, identify the documentation of your own minerals. And so it's, it was very valuable. Yeah. That can be fun when you get dealing with big estates and you know more about people's family tree than they do. And you can tell about your relatives and cousins and, and all of that to pull it together. I've had a few of those in my career that I've worked through to some very complicated and some pretty simple as far as an intestate succession and just a handful of heirs. Very cool. What's a, a big dream of yours that you've either accomplished or that you're working on now? I'm working on three things. I'm applying my title skills to titleforclosings.com. I am seeing a brand in the future. One of the things that comes out of the Permian Basin is in, in all land managers, we're so entrepreneurial and we're taught when we're looking for surface owners or mineral owners, we don't give up. We will overcome the objections. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing that's put in us is we don't stop. And so that keeps our entrepreneurial mind ticking. I'm working on titleforclosings.com. Um, I uh, have done a private oil scouts brand. I uh, plan to make mineral offers and buy minerals throughout my life and career. And I think it's, it's fascinating. I think, you know, there are struggles in trying to figure out how to apply it, how mm -hmm. to apply our skills outside. But just in that one decade, there was so much rich education and 
and so many people that, that were knocking on doors. I remember one time I was had to call and I was like, hi, do you have any land work? Hi, can you help me? And somebody on the phone was like, I've had to put my hat in my hand and just say, I'm, I'm looking for work, sir. And he, he was saying, so keep going. We've all had to do that. And mm-hmm. I think that was kind of the nod that we get. Maybe not every call, but there'll be people in there, even as a female, cheering us on as we're going through our careers of, of don't stop, keep going. Yeah, it's a valuable skill that I mean, you learn it running title, tracking down airs, that investigative yes. mindset of just research it, figure it out, keep looking, keep searching. I had one today that we have a landowner that we've been trying to trace down and the communication trail went cold. And so we're exploring other options and then we found an obituary. And so starting to track down errors and it's always just keep investigating, keep researching, keep trying when you're negotiating a deal, find out what's important to the other party and how we can work together and find that thin path in the middle that makes a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. In your career, do you have a clear purpose statement beyond, you know, just doing work and trying to earn a paycheck? But what drives Kimberly? I still try to encourage other people. My colleagues and I started Talk Texas Oil. So we try to keep good information out there. And my two colleagues, uh, Matthew and Ken, are broadcasting in Oklahoma. We're interacting with tons of uh, media sources and outlets. Um, oil magazine, the crude life and nationwide. Uh, so we're all, I can't help but even sit on a plane last week. I was like, well, yes, you can't be against fossil fuels because you're sitting on this plane with me, right? <laughs> right. You know, so whatever the message is, is we kind of picked up from Texas Energy Day with Texoga a couple of years ago. And we put out a broadcast two weeks early going into it. And we had a little lady that was a legislator and she did a little video and said my eyeglasses are made out of oil and gas and we were the first ones with a frack feed to start trying to educate people and we knew we had connected we helped them trend on twitter that day so we knew the power of social media at that point and we are really all of us continue to be extraordinarily powerful for the fossil fuel industry. Yeah, and such an impact there that you're having. How did that start as far as being engaged in media and social media? I, I went on air on KWell of FM 107.1 and uh, I did a year of broadcasting called Ask the Permian Land Girl where people could call and ask me questions. At the same time, my friend Lana Straub was broadcasting um, for West, uh, West Texas Public Radio and then I just got in this media groove and then we went in uh, to NAEP and we would just go into different places being like this crazy fan base for oil and gas industry. And so where it was it like we weren't going to be the suit people all the time. We were just going to be mm-hmm. these crazy fangirls. So Catherine Beeman and Kristen and I all went in and cheered on Texoga and cheered on uh, Texas Alliance of Energy Producers and just started 
saying we we love you and we want you to feel that love and support then we you know did our own initiatives and right now i'm doing a black red tape on black gold and we're Hmm. saying you know what you add policy that impacts oil and gas the pipeline from upstream downstream midstream upstream it's going to impact the price so i'm having an argument on twitter right now with gas buddy who's saying oh no no it's because we're coming out of COVID. that's why the prices are going up no it's also going up because you're adding everything you can to make fossil fuels the bad guy so we i had never heard keep it in the ground you know, they've got all these uh, no fossil fuel money pledge. I mean, there's tons wow. of crazy stuff out there that uh, the anti-oil and gas market is doing. And so kind of uh, Top Texas Oil's focus is highlighting if you do hashtag Top Texas Oil, hashtag green and black gold part. But what I have to say was they can all exist together because in West Texas, you in one area, Martin County, Texas, outside of Midland, you have solar, you have wind, and you have oil and gas all in the same area. And that's several places in Texas. So you don't have to beat up one energy source over another. So in Top Texas Oil, even nuclear guys have come in and said, but don't forget about this energy source. So Mm -hmm. I just, I love being an energy advocate um, and helping people understand. Yeah, you do such a a good job of informing people and sharing information to help people think about different perspectives and really be an advocate for the energy industry as a whole. The skills that you developed doing oil and gas, it's a skill set that translates to other parts of the energy industry, whether it's mining, whether it's wind and solar, whether it's real estate and closing for uh, title for closing you've developed those skills and you can transition and apply them in many different areas. So talk a little bit about transitions. How has that been for you in your career? What's helped you make transitions? What's made it difficult and what things have made it helped to make it easier? Kind of some of those hurdles to get over. I think, okay, this is going to sound crazy. (laughs) The connection to LinkedIn the connection to social media, as the land managers are deployed all over the nation. I mean, like you may not stay in one region, so all that expertise gets spread out. Mm-hmm. And to just find those people, like on our, our on Land Runner broadcast, uh, mine, our, our mastermind group that think the same way about things, look the same way at things keeps connecting you while you're maybe facing some new applications. Our social media through Talk Texas Oil has kept us sane. Uh, land runners kept us sane. Knowing that uh, there are some like-minded people as you're building your new relationships in other industries. Because it's not easy because we're so sharp and arrogant. It's not real easy for them to accept that. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're so good at what we do and if we bring that. Yeah, that confidence that comes from, hey, I've developed negotiating skills and title skills and project management and leadership mm-hmm. and the ability to reach out and investigate and find people and figure out what happened in the title history. You know, all of those things just play 
together and that confidence that comes from building those skills and interacting and networking with other people. Um, I think that's a really valuable, very poignant point that you make there that as we go through these transitions, it's just so important to, to network, to build on relationships, have people that can walk through that journey, that development, that change mm-hmm. with us that we're going through. Anything else that you want to add? Tell us about you know anything else that you're working on or what's coming down the pipe for you. I was just going to share that I made some notes. Our land skills do apply to electric to city government, federal government, solar, wind, land, and real estate. And if I was going to give any advice to anybody making a transition, it is uh, one, just get a real estate license. It's $400, which is so inexpensive compared to maybe some, I mean, one day at NAEP is $400. So (laughs) or, or two days. So, you know, $400, it is a process. It is a little bit less intellectually stimulating in one regard because we've already listened to so many sharp attorneys. So you kind of have to kick back. Uh, Real estate is the combination of four different law law practices. And I kept trying to put my finger on is this contract law is this it's four different laws uh, in general. And I want to give the tip of IRWA, whereas we as, you know, follow AAPL, uh, IRWA has a nice expansive network and it's got a nice job board that can help you. Unfortunately, our our credits don't transfer. So I won't be going up that IRWA certification process because I start at zero, even though I've had many of the same kind of courses, they Mm -hmm. look at it in a different perspective. And I've even written them and said, hey, is there any, you know, cross accreditation? And there's not, but IRWA is really good. um, And uh, your real estate license, because we end up going in as land managers on the commercial side of real estate, um, we're not always necessarily going to talk about sell one home, one home, one home. We're, we're so sharp in our uh, commercial real estate skills because we've already researched the surface and the subsurface. And I think our skills are as high as many attorneys that I'm seeing in other regards when it comes to title and real estate. I mean, they may not appreciate that comparison, but uh, our title skills are so sharp because how many other people can say, I've read through title from sovereignty repetitively, like Mm -hmm. not just one or two a month, like three or four a month. Only land managers can do that in prolific areas, whether that be mid-con or where you are or anybody. I mean, it's just such strong skills. And then I think it's hard because we have, I always say 15 skills, seven to 15 skills. We have to pull out when we're transitioning one of those skills and sell them to the market because it's almost like they're not ready to buy. We were given such latitude to run in oil and gas. And then the other industries, electric they're more methodical. They're very methodical. They're very slow. They don't, they do not have as much title experience as we do because they're only going back two to three instruments. And so, and I don't know that they've cured as much as we have. Yeah. There's, there's such a powerful interface between the legal 
you know, attorneys doing title opinions and saying what is needed to cure title and then the skills needed to reach out to those individuals and families and be able to actually walk through those steps of curing the title. Yes. Like we, it's almost like you could go, wait, I see that ahead. And they're kind of like, well, how do you already know how to do that? <laughs> it's like, I'm a petroleum land manager, <laughs> but it goes into construction. I mean, it goes into so many genres. So I think my advice would be, you know, keep fighting to show what your skill set is. Don't be afraid to go to other associations and get involved. Very valuable insight input there. You know, continue to learn and grow, develop and network with people that highlight your skill set and how you have what serves their needs. And IRWA's got a lot of great uh for like $40. And one good thing is when you step out of oil and gas, everything's a little bit cheaper. Except as our colleague Buford said, when you go into solar, they like to charge a lot. But for $40, you can go on the IRWA national broadcast and you can learn about uh broadband or you know they've got so many great things through IRWA and and you don't have to you could either pay as a member or you know so I know we're balancing a lot of different association fees so you don't have to join IRWA to be a part of it until you get ready right and then um, I want to bring up one other association um, American Lease and Title that is kind of the governing association for title that the real estate community looks at which I didn't really know where they fit in because I'd never heard about it before right and that's American Lease and Title Association yeah I believe so so there's a, there's a, there's two or three but as we step out of oil and gas and we go okay what else is out there um, there's so many other things uh, there's so many other things, but I think we were exposed to so much of the legal process that we can cure walking into these other industries. It's a hard fight to convince them how brilliant we are. <laughs> it's a really hard fight and you just mm -hmm. have to keep fighting through it. If it takes two or three months, you just have to keep fighting through it and have a couple yeah. of down days and have a couple of, you know, colleague pick me up conversation. Yeah. Great advice. Um, as far as people reaching out to you, contacting you, how best would you like people to be in touch with you if they're interested in what you've done and what you're doing with social media and raising awareness and helping support other land managers? You can always uh, follow uh, at Talk Texas Oil on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of the social media platforms. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Kimberly Smith, and people reach out. The recruiters, oh, here's my next piece of advice, Ryan keep your social media profile up the recruiters reach out to us but then you also have to make sure you know you're in a good solid relationship with the recruiters they cannot submit you without your consent so while you have them there get all the information you can out of them like mm -hmm. I, I spent too many times being flattered that they're reaching out to me and you've got to find out more about their client, more about the culture, do your glass door research. They need you just as much as you need them. <laughs> they need you even more or they have no candidates for their client. But uh, Right. Yeah, that's that's what headhunters do, right? Their job is to find people that fit their client's needs. So, Yes. So hold them uh, professionally accountable and responsible while you're working with them as well is my advice. Okay, very good. Appreciate you ha having you on the 
podcast and best of luck in all your adventures. Thank you, Brian. Have a great day. Keep going. Keep fighting oil and gas leaders. Thanks for listening to the Landman Pivot Podcast. I'm your host and pivot coach, Ryan Fairbanks. Please listen to an episode or two and leave a review. Let's level up your skill set and mindset so you're prepared for your next pivot.